Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone was so protective of me that night. It was really the scene that I felt the most comfortable in, which is so strange because it's the idea of being naked in front of people is the thing that one is the most afraid of. You'd think there wouldn't be too many opportunities for romance on the dusty trail north of Texas, but fans of 1883 now know better. First, it was Elsa and Ennis. Sweet, sweet Ennis. Next up is Noemi and Thomas, played by Graziella Brancusi and LaMonica Garrett. Like her character, this actress was an unknown before Taylor Sheridan picked her for this important role. Actually, Graziella and Noemi have a lot in common. I'm Addison Haker, and today, Sterling Whitaker rejoins the Dunn Rules podcast to talk about his interview with Graziella. You'll hear about her background, her relationship with Thomas, and, of course, that scene from episode 6, where she and Thomas christen their love for one another. As it turns out, she really enjoyed standing naked in the middle of the desert. Interviews with LaMonica and the other stars of 1883 can be found in the archives. You'll also find conversations with some of the stars of Yellowstone and an update about season five of the modern day Taylor Sheridan drama. Tap follow, leave a five-star rating and review of the show, and email us at staff at tasteofcountry.com with any questions, comments, or theories about both shows. We love keeping this conversation alive on social media and email. You've really kept us on our toes in recent weeks. How did Graziella get this job? Does her character Noemi really love Thomas? Is she going to die? Let's get started with Sterling Whitaker right now. Hello, Addison. How are you today? Hello, Sterling. Well, as if people have listened so far, they know that I live in Texas and we're about to get some winter weather that I know you guys in Nashville are a little bit more used to the cold, but this girl over here is not prepared. So I'm over here currently with my little space heater and yeah, keep it, keep it warm on this podcast today. What about yourself? <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine over here. We're just sending our prayers for you folks yeah. that you will have power. <laughs> Oh, amen. The warmth as well. Yeah. Well, today I'm so excited because we've talked about some of the larger characters. You know, we had La Monica and we had Tim and Faith of 1883. And I'm excited to talk about a character that uh, up until this past episode, you know, wasn't as big. Um, and that is Noemi, who is played by Graziella Brancusi. Sterling, who is Noemi? And what is her role on 1883? Noemi is a Roma refugee. She has fleed generations of slavery and persecution against her people in Romania. And she and her family have come to the United States uh, to head west, like so many other immigrants during that mm -hmm. period, in search of, a, of the kind of freedom that their homeland did not afford them. And in this instance, her husband dies early on in the wagon train journey, and she's widowed. And so now we're seeing a character arc in which she's trying to form a new romance, basically. 
Has she ever played in anything that we'd recognize her in before? Interestingly enough, this is her very first major television role. Her very first television role at all, as far as I know of. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Nothing like starting small, right? (laughs) Yeah, literally. I'm like, wow, full speed ahead. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, most people's first role is like a gum commercial, and this girl's like, you know. Paramount Plus, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, wow. That's that's amazing. Well, and she does an incredible job. Graziella has a very interesting backstory that almost dovetails with her character's background. And in a few moments, she'll explain how. But first, here she is talking about her audition and then the very awkward first days on set. I hadn't really thought about auditioning for film before. Um, theater really is, you know, a really my sanctuary. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I auditioned for this. I was traveling. I was in Romania visiting my friends and family. And um, I got this audition and I, I didn't have a tripod. I didn't have, I didn't have a setup. I like, I did it in this like tiny hallway uh, with bad lighting shadows all over the place. I was like, this is my worst tape ever. Like, I'm so embarrassed sending this tape in. I just, um, but I did it. And then five days later, I traveled back home and, um, and my manager called me and she said, you know, you, you booked it. And um, I have yet to really take it in. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Uh, Had you met anybody involved in the production prior to that? Did you met Taylor or any, any of those folks? No, everyone was new to me. Wow. And now they're all family. Yeah. So what's that like walking into this huge production on your first day? I felt like an infant. I felt like I didn't know how to walk. (laughs) I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know how to put my costume on. I had never been on a horse before. Um, All these new people. um, We started with uh, cowboy camp, which really helped because we had Mm -hmm. two weeks and we were together, you know, from 8 a.m. until nighttime. Um, the Monica and um, James was playing Wade and I, we were sort of living in this bunkhouse together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it, I think during those two weeks, it felt like we, um, by the end of the two weeks, it felt like we had known each other forever, you know? Um, right. So that really made it easier for when production started. I think, and a little less paralyzing, maybe. That's Graziella Brancusi, who plays Noemi on 1883, talking to Sterling Whitaker, who joins us now. It kind of feels like Taylor Sheridan chooses characters more on a gut feeling, more than what their resume looks like, or how well known they are. Do you think that is unique? It is pretty unique, and he really does kind of shoot from the hip in some ways, in terms Mm -hmm. of casting. It's I wouldn't call any of it stunt casting per se, but he really does get a sense of who he wants and what role, and he just sticks them in there whether or not they have the resume to back it up. In this instance, he had really limited uh, what she describes as a very rudimentary audition that she filmed in a hallway, you know? (laughs) Insane. Without a tripod, none of that. (laughs) And that was all he'd seen, and evidently he looked at her and said, yeah, you know, that's the kind of unspoiled sort of uh characterization that i want in this role and 
In this kind of role, you almost have to think that maybe her being an unknown quantity is beneficial because mm-hmm. you're not carrying around a picture in your head of who this person is. You you can come Absolutely. to this character fresh, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't really hurt in her case that lighting and cameras are both very very kind to her face. Mm-hmm. You know, she's mm-hmm. uh even in a Zoom, which is the way I spoke to her, uh, she reminds me of of Kelsey uh, Asbel yeah. from Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're the only two that I've really spoken to that even in a Zoom setting, you're just struck by the way they look and the yeah. way the light kind of takes their face and everything. So that wow. really helps in terms of camera angles and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and cool to see that, I mean, clearly, resume aside, he's more at the heart of it looking for the talent, regardless if you have, you know, the lengthy resume or not. I mean, she is literally a beautiful example and is doing such a great job um, just developing this character more. Like I said a little bit earlier, Noemi, you know, she's just now coming on the scene a little bit more. You know, we didn't know much about uh, Gratiella beforehand. So how did you, going into this, how did you prepare for this interview um, especially since just now, like I said, we're getting to see her character more and all the above. But when you talked to her, that hadn't happened quite yet. I watched, I've watched obviously all of the existing episodes. Right. So I had at least an idea of where the character arc might be headed. And you and I talked mm-hmm. recently about how they might be headed into a romantic arc in this character. Right. And, and I, I kind of thought that that's where it was hinting that it might go. So there was, there was that, um, of course, I got to watch this episode before I spoke to her. You know, mm-hmm. I got to watch episode six rather in advance before I spoke to her. Mm-hmm. So I had that to work with. Apart from that, I just looked her up. There is not a lot of information about her other than that she has a theater background. Right. And, you know, she's from Romania herself. That we mm-hmm. know. Um, some basics about her life and career, but really because she's never done a prominent project before. There's very little in the way of interviews. I, I caught yeah. another interview that she did very recently on TV, and I watched that. Uh, but mostly this was just one of those interviews where you go in, open to anything. It's really mm. just kind of like meeting somebody at a dinner party and like, so yeah. where are you from and where'd you go to school? <laughs> you know, it really is that kind of an interview. Right. <laughs> well, speaking about where she's from, did you find yourself researching the history of the Roma people? I I did to a certain degree. She filled me in on the difference between Romanian and Romani people, which I was mm. totally unaware of prior yeah. to that. You know, Romanian is, is somebody who's native to to Romania, and uh, Noemi's people are the Roma or Romani people, which during that period of time they would have been called gypsies. Mm -hmm. That's a term that really isn't used anymore. It's considered a racial slur now among those people. Mm -hmm. They were kept, they were a very prominent uh, subgroup, you know, a minority in Romania and still are. And they were held in slavery for centuries and centuries and centuries. And around the time that 1883 is set, they would have... Uh, only been freed for a couple of decades, if that. And so really, it's a mirror of many of the same conditions that Thomas is going through, having yeah. been recently, you know, having been recently freed. Mm-hmm. And, of course, her family also undertook a journey overseas before even trying to head west. So it's a really, really interesting sort of juxtaposition of two different kinds of histories that sort of work out the same way. 
This next portion of your interview is interesting because it's Graziella talking about not only how she did research for her character's history, as well as her own Romanian heritage. Sterling, we're going to start the clip with your question because this sets up what she has to say about how the two cultures are similar, kind of like you and I just talked about. Um, you're actually from Romania and your character is a Romanian immigrant that is fleeing what used to be slave conditions. Do I have that correct? Um, my character is of Romani background, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, at the time they were called gypsies. Um, mm -hmm. And, but many people confuse the two because it's, they're so, the names are so close, but okay. um, she was okay. a, she was a Roma Romani background. Um, but yes, and I'm happy you brought that up at the time, um, actually about 10, 15 years, maybe 20 before she got here. Um, I think it was 50, 60, 65 or 56. Can't remember around there, the slavery slavery was abolished on the Romanian territories, um, and Roma people had been enslaved for about 400, 500 years, um, wow. and I can't really remember the year because it really took a while until they actually, you know, people got their freedom back. It wasn't like it happened overnight. Um, yeah, so she was fleeing that. She was really what we would call today a refugee. Um, mm -hmm as many of these people were, but um, she was fleeing, you know, she, her culture had been subject to ethnic cleansing for a very long time. And even in the countries where they are, even here they had, um, some of the European countries were deporting some of the Roma people to their colonies here and would send them to work on a plantation dead slaves. Um, I oh. don't think she knew all of that. Um, I think she was just looking for a place where she could feel free to just make choices, you know, um, and be safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Were you aware of all of the complexities of that history before you researched this role, or did you learn a lot more about that in researching this role? I learned a lot more. I knew some of it. What's really interesting is that in Romania, we, they don't teach us that about our mm -hmm. history that we've enslaved Roma people. Um, so I didn't know that until later on, just by doing my own research, you know? Um, and not a lot of people know that back home. Like not a lot of my friends know that, which is such a strange thing. Um, but I did get, I was lucky enough to have access to some of my dad's friends and people from the community who lived in the tradition. Um, and so, um, you know, that, that gave me a lot of insights and, and some research as well. There's not a lot of um, literature and, and research um, out there that does justice um, to the Roma, to Roma people because a lot of it has been done by scholars who didn't really, you have to live in the culture to actually understand the culture, you know? Um, but I was, I was able to find enough, you know? Graziella Brancusi plays Noemi on 1883, and she's now the main love story of this show, with Elsa Dutton's man Ennis killed off a few weeks ago. Their romance brings some joy onto the screen. That means she's pretty much gonna die, doesn't it, Sterling? As we know. I'm just not <laughs> well, even holding out hope or a, a tight grip. <laughs> yeah, if the past is prologue, then 
she's out of here, right? <laughs> and that's a yes, question and- that I put to her directly. And she just kind of dissolved into a fit of laughter. And she just <laughs> kind of teased it and said, well, you'll just have to watch. Ah! The reality of this is, uh, and I can't say more really about this other than I do kind of have some inkling how this character ends up for her. Because, as you and I spoke about last week, Sam Elliott blurted a plot point, and it's tangentially related to how things turn out for her. So we can't say right now, but Sam Elliott actually blurted something out he wasn't supposed to, and I kind of know how this is going to go for her. Okay. Okay. Oh, so hard to keep the secret. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get a sense, you know, the other... Uh, cast members that you've interviewed, there's just this really unique sense of family outside of, you know, on screen and off screen, which I think is so unique. Did you, when talking to her, get a sense for how she and some of the other cast members interact? Absolutely. Uh, It's the same thing that we've talked about before. Really, it Mm -hmm. it really is. She refers to them over and over as family and refers to how close they become. She holds the same opinion of Sam Elliott that everybody appears to hold of Sam Elliott, which is that he's, Mm -hmm. in her words, the most generous colleague and artist that you could possibly hope for, and human being, you Mm -hmm. know. And and -hmm. we've heard this before, that he tries to make everybody comfortable wherever he goes. And in her case, she said he is someone who taught her how to be on set because she's never really been on one before. And she wants to emulate Mm -hmm. the lessons of reaching out to include crew and you know key people uh just as much as the other actors and the you know the people that might have a little bit more social power so that's a really interesting thing that she she took from interacting with him and in terms of faith uh she and faith became very very close she Hmm. talks about how faith also has limited experience in this kind of thing and yet she took her under her wing and wants to make sure that everybody else around her is taken care of. And uh, Mm. in regard to Tim, she said over and over, Tim is a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) That's the word I use often, a hoot. I don't really, that's almost kind of like the dad joke. Like, oh, he's a hoot. You know what I mean? Like I put a certain certain thought with that. Like he's cracking all the dad jokes. I don't know if that's what you meant by it, but. I I don't either, but Tim is a hoot though. I mean, he's a, he's a very up guy. So he's great. Absolutely. (laughs) generous is a word she used a lot about the cast and the crew of the show you know even when describing the romantic scene between her character and thomas faitha was really nervous to even talk about the bathtub scene from earlier in the series were you surprised by how comfortable gratiella was describing it i was you know if you notice i kind of led into it Gently, uh, with yeah. a little bit of a joke about there's not a lot of wardrobe involved in this scene. Right, right, right. Because I, I didn't... soften the question. But right, because uncomfortable. Well, I didn't want to come off like creepy older guy because I'm right. several decades older than her, asking beautiful <laughs> young woman about this right. scene. You know, and right, so right, right, right. <laughs> I wanted to ease into it. I was really surprised by how quickly she took the question up and and didn't. Uh, Phil didn't appear to seem the least bit uncomfortable in answering it, you know, and and it really is a fascinating thing because you think about being in such an exposed moment, literally, and then mm-hmm. all those people are there, and then you've also got the outdoor elements, and yeah, uh, you know, that's 
of course, if you ask any actor, they will tell you almost universally that love scenes are never really sexy. You know, in that moment, it's all this technical stuff. Right. And, you know, it's terribly awkward. You want it over with. And so, you know, it's really, it's one of the biggest illusions that you can achieve on film Mm -hmm. is to make this flow. And and there's some really funny stuff about this particular scene, I think. The scene we're talking about right now takes place during episode six of 1883 towards the end when Thomas and Noemi express their love for one another and viewers see in many ways very similar. It was such a windy night. Um, I remember. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> you know, when we, got, when we got there, it was so warm and, and, and I was like, oh my God, Mother Earth is being kind to me today. And 40 minutes later, um it was all gone and i was sorry i spoke too early um but mike i i do want to say that everyone um was so protective of me that night um i it was really the most i the the scene that i felt the most comfortable in which is so strange because it's the idea of being naked in front of people is the thing that you know one is the most afraid of me too um (laughs) But because of how it just everyone was there to take care of me and to protect me. And um, yeah, it was such a it was such a generous experience. Now the wind. <laughs> um, I, re- I remember in the middle of it, in the middle of a take, we heard, I think it was this, it was sound. I can't remember who it was, but they were trying to hold this tent down because of the wind. It was just like, and we heard someone go, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had already dropped the dress. I just kept going. I was like, I am not I am not sacrificing this. (laughs) We made it this far. Like we are doing this take. and yeah, it was it was a really it was a really beautiful experience. I I was so I I like I was scared of it to be honest. It's well, sure, you know, sure. It, um, but it turned out to be, you know, maybe my favorite scene, which is strange. Actually, she discovered in her research of this role that Aroma Widow is mostly expected would have been expected at that time to remain mm-hmm. widowed to bring her kids up, and that would have been the role that she accepted in her culture. In this instance, Noemi, having come to America seeking more freedom and more choices for herself, she's boldly going off in a different direction and making a different set of choices. You know, we see yeah. her first try to kind of get with shame. Yeah, I was going to add with, that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, first, Thomas was not the first dude. <laughs> that's right, right? He's kind of the backup. But yeah. <laughs> But in this instance, though, I honestly think Shay, at least from my perspective, seemed like more of a matter of survival. Like, that was transactional. I need to be protected. Here is this dude. You know, let's do this. In Thomas's case, she seems to be genuinely more taken with him. You know, at one point he was saying, what do you want from me? And she said, I just want to watch you eat. I mean, she seems genuinely fascinated with this man and has been pursuing him really actively, although he's discouraged it. So I Mm -hmm. I think it's a really interesting uh, piece of of a female who's very empowered uh, to make those kind of choices for herself. And again, in an era when that normally wouldn't have been a thing. 
Well, and I think it's been cool to see, you know, the the episodes before. Now you almost kind of see her a little bit in desperation, even how she was, you know, throwing herself on Shay. And, and now you kind of see this kind of confidence, right. you know, as they've continued to travel on. And you've just, I mean, to your point of just like this empowerment, this, um, yeah, this confidence of now she's kind of deciding her own um, rules, but also there's just not this desperation behind it. It's like, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do. Sterling, do you believe her love for Thomas is real? And what do you predict is going to happen to her during these final four episodes? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) I do think her love for Thomas is real. I think that uh, she is undertaking a relationship that is so fraught with complications that I don't think she would do it if it wasn't real. You know, it would be somewhat controversial in the eyes of some people even mm-hmm. today, for this to be a thing, you know, different races, different backgrounds. Uh, you know, these are two people who are coming from slavery backgrounds. You know, this yeah. is a thing that even in the supposedly lawless West is going to be frowned on by some quarters mm-hmm. as they move forward. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if that plays because I predict that will play a role coming up. I agree. As, yeah, the the world itself trying to keep these two people apart. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think you'd undertake that lightly. So I think that's as far as what's coming in, <laughs> in the next four episodes. <laughs> I just refer back to her laughingly saying, you will have to watch. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Surely I'm, I'm hoping. Well, I really shouldn't say this because this is what I also hope for Ennis and Elsa. And then here, you know, next episode, I she was he was gone. But surely they'll keep her around at least one more episode. <laughs> or will they? <laughs> or will they? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's wrap up this conversation with her thoughts on the other cast members. We've already talked about Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Here is Gratiella Brancusi's thoughts on LaMonica Garrett, who plays Thomas, her love interest. A quick reminder that you can find Sterling's conversations with LaMonica as well. It's in the archives of the Dutton Rules podcast. You know, I always wonder what it's like to, to have to develop this story, like a love story with someone who, I don't know, you don't get to know or you, you, you walk on set and it, you just meet them and then you're like, action, you know? Um, with the Monica, it was he makes it so easy for um, for me, and I think for any actor who works with him to be present and in the moment, um, because he's so generous. And and you look into his eyes, and like you find everything you need in his eyes. Um, and he's also been such a he's been my big brother on set. He's he was he was always careful, to make sure that I know what. Um, what I needed to know, you know, just like the things that he didn't know the first time he was on set um, and no one told him. And mm-hmm. he just, he was always just kind of taking care of me and making sure, you know, I, I knew and understood what was waiting for me. Um, so it was a really, such a great first experience. Special thanks to Graziella Brancusi for joining the Dutton Rules podcast from her home in California. Graziella plays Noemi, a refugee and lover to LaMonica Garrett's Thomas on the show. With just four episodes of 1883 remaining, we're very excited to see where the journey takes her. 
I'm Addison Hager, and another special thanks to Taste of Country editor Sterling Whitaker for joining the podcast once again. Find more of Sterling's conversations in the archives. Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Isabel May are just three he's had the chance to sit in front of this year. Tap follow before you leave and add a five-star rating if you've enjoyed today's deep dive into this world. Denton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes with the help from Sterling Whitaker, and it's produced by Billy Dukes. Denton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast, is another great Townsville Media podcast.